Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology. Because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Good morning. How y'all doing? It is a good morning though, isn't it? My name is Nick Bowes, and I serve as the local uh, community outreach pastor here at Rise Church. And so, yeah, there you go, girl. That's fine. So um, we just want to welcome you guys here today. If you are here in person, if you're here visiting online, either way, we are glad that you are joining us for this experience here today to worship Jesus and give him glory. Um, I heard some conversation this morning about how not everybody can do this here in America. We can't all come in here and sing and worship and praise God. It's actually illegal in some states. And so I just want to take a moment to recognize how grateful we should be to be able to do this and look less at what we can't do and more at what we still can do as the body of Christ. Um, because that's just not the case everywhere. And I was just reminded of that today to really be grateful and not look at what's not, and, and to start to look at what is. Um, so today, uh, I want to talk to you, you know, we, we started out the beginning of this year, right? We came in with a 21-day fast and prayer as a church, and, uh, you know, we dedicated it to the Lord, and, you know, it was entitled Dedicate. I mean, that's fitting, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. Why not give it a name like dedicate? And so, you know, then we move forward through the beginning of this year and we're talking about vision and we're talking about what it looks like, what it's looked like, um, what God wants to do and continue to do and unfold his plan here locally, even for this region and the regions beyond us. Okay, this is going to get fixed. Sorry. <laughs> Last time I did this, it kept happening and it was not all right. Yeah. Handheld. Yeah, let's do the handheld. Sorry, guys. Please hold. <laughs> okay. All right. Your message is very important to us. <laughs> I know, I'm silly. It's all right. Okay, we're on. Thank you, brother. All right. So, anyway, so, talking about vision, moving forward with that and what it looks like. And, uh, and then uh, we got into... We're talking about healing and the biblical basis for healing and what that looks like. And if you had a chance to be here or watch it online, it was amazing. One of the best teachings I've heard on healing. So well balanced, um, scripturally based as it should be. It was awesome. And then we move forward from that and, and we go into, where'd it go? There it is. Last week, Jesus, more of you. Did we not get more of him last week? 
If you were here, that was nuts. Like God showed up. We called and he answered in Jesus fashion. That's what he did. And that's what that should look like. Nobody came up and said anything. Jesus did all the ministering. It was nuts. And, and that, that's how it should be sometimes, unexpected. We should come to church unexpected about what's going to happen, but expectant that God's going to do something in the church. Now, I don't know where we got the 21 days of, you know, fasting. I was asking about that, and none of us seemed to have a real answer. It was just like, I don't know, we just kind of do it. You ever do stuff and you don't know why? You just kind of do it? It's what everyone does? Well, I've noticed that with a lot of churches, that they do the 21 days. I don't care. what It just, it stuck out. I don't care how many days you do. Um, but I also heard that supposedly, scientifically, they have found that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. So I don't care why we did it, but maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's some habits that we need to make in our life, and there's some we need to break in our life. And when I say habits, I'm not just talking about some kind of substance abuse. I'm talking about the things you do every day and the way you do them. Maybe God wants to change that in your life. And so I would encourage you to just ponder those things. Think on those things. Um, And so then we move forward. We're in 2021. But for a lot of us, it still feels like 2020. A couple of things changed, including, you know, the date. That's cool. Um, (laughs) And we've had had a pretty good experience inside this church this year starting out. I would say it's been wild in Jesus' name. Um, I would hope you would agree. But... As it's kind of been alluded to already, what about the rest of the week? What about when we leave the building? We come in here and we have to, we learn in here. We come in broken and we come in, we learn and we try things that God has equipped us to do. And, and we, we discuss and we have community, right? And, and we get filled up with Christ in here so they can see Christ in us out there. But we have to show them Christ in us out there, or that really doesn't mean much. I mean, it's great to come, obviously, and I'm not discouraging that, but, but there has to be more, and that's kind of like the repentance. There has to be more. You don't just say some sinner's prayer, and then that's it, and that's a teaching that is killing Christians, that it's not enough. There's more, and, and so if you want to talk about that, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that, but Anyway, um, so with all that, I've been looking for stories to inspire me because I don't know about you, but if you're not careful, it is easy to just feel hopeless and uninspired when you're looking around and we are saturated with everything negative. I looked the other day to see where I could find a positive story. I was scrolling through. I didn't find any. They were all negative. And then there's like one little one down here and you're like, oh, they rescued a kid and that's cute. Like, cool story, man. I'm not against cats, but, you know, we got big problems, and we need more inspiration than that. And, and so I was looking through, and I came, but that's all right. Um, his name is Nick Vuich, Vuich, Itch. It's spelled weird. I tried to get, like, the phonetic thing, and I still can't do it. That's ridiculous. Anyway, we'll just call him Nick. <laughs> He's an Australian-American Christian evangelist and a motivational speaker that was born with Tetra Amelia syndrome. That's a rare disorder characterized by the absence of arms and legs. This guy doesn't have arms and legs. And, and, And what's more 
is this guy goes around the world and, and he evangelizes and motivates people to keep pushing forward in their life. A man who needs help getting out of bed and literally doing everything. And he's over here motivating people that you can do it when he can't. That's mind blowing. And he has a wife and four kids. This man is, is not letting life, right? That's crazy. This man is not letting life get the best of him. This man was, he knows what it's like to be born into affliction. He knows what it's like to get, you know, quote unquote, dealt a bad hand. How many of us know what it's like to be dealt a bad hand? It doesn't have to be like from birth. Yeah, raise your hand, brother. That's good. Thank you. Participation. I'm a call and response preacher if you haven't figured that out. That's good. And, and so in Psalm 34 and 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. What? That's crazy. That's crazy. I want to read uh, 2 Corinthians 1. Verse 1 through 8 says, by, by the way, this, the heading is praise to the God of all comfort. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Check this out. Who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. That's Nick. That's what he's doing right there. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's wild. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently, that's the key word, endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Amen. Amen. That's a reassuring scripture. They're writing this in the midst of persecution like we don't even know. Like we pretend we do. We don't know what it's like to have to secretly worship God down in a basement somewhere or in a jungle somewhere because you will get your head cut off if they catch you praising God. We don't know what affliction's really like. And that matters here because our mindset matters. You're like, we're in America. Give it time. You have got to praise God. You have got to seek him. So, so with all that, you ever, you ever mess around and say some stuff like, I just can't win, right? You ever hear that? People say stuff like, I just can't win. I do this, I can't win. I do that, I can't win. So here's the question, though. How are you defining winning? That's where you need to start. What is winning for you? Is it when you get your way? Is that when we're winning? Because that's what it was for me. Like, if, if I have it my way, like some Burger King, then I'm winning, right? But, but that's, not, that's not what the Bible says. I'm going to be turning to Philippians after I drink some of this water, if you want to join me. It'll be Philippians 3. All right, so the Apostle Paul 
He's writing to the Philippian churches and, and he's talking to him about knowing Christ above all else. And he says in Philippians 3, starting at verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Right here. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So Paul is recognizing here the comparison of knowing Christ and what that means to losing everything he thought he knew and loved. He said, in comparison, it's all garbage. At the end of the day, I want, I want Christ above everything else. And, and so it's not saying, you know, um, you have to go home and just get rid of all your stuff because that's kind of a teaching too. No, no, no. It's saying if you lost everything tomorrow, would you be all right? And before you say, yeah, mess around and lose it all first. And, and I'm serious. And if you're like, I don't know if I could say, yeah, that's cool. But just don't die in that place. I'm just encouraging, like, get beyond that and be like, you know what? If I lose everything, my soul's saved. I got peace in my heart. And, and that's a hard concept because we are saturated by stuff. I mean, we, we just are. It's just I am, we are. It's, it, it takes work to renew our mind daily. But, but Paul says, that's my win, that I know Christ above all else. That is my win. And so I would encourage you to begin defining what winning is to you. That's not even the message, but you know, that, that's good to know. That's good to think about. And, and you know, we, we need to work through having peace in our hearts about things that are specially out of our control. And we, you know, Paul talks about renewing our mind daily. He doesn't say that because it's just some fun thing to say. He says that because he wants you to know you have to wake up with Christ on your mind first and foremost. Because the world is going to try and get your mind first, right? You see stuff. News feeds. Tell a vision. Everything is trying to tell you how to think and how to react and how to respond. And if it's not that, it's, it's social media. If it's not that, it's the pressures at school and the people at school. And am I wearing the right clothes? And am I acting the right way? And are they going to be okay if I do this and this and that? Stop. What does God say? Right? What does the Bible say about that? Yeah, she knows. Right? What does the word of God say about that? So we're weighed down. We feel like this year looks like the same as last year. And things are kind of maybe not gaining traction. Some people are in a good place. And that's good. Okay? That is, you should be. Um, but some people are just done. They're just at the end of their ropes. They don't feel like they have enough time in the day. They're worn down. They're pulled in all directions. And uh, it's just, it's a lot. And it brings me to my first point. Put up that slide for me. You can be afflicted and still be effective. You can. You can be afflicted and still be effective. Something that causes pain or suffering. Every one of us in here has pain or suffering in some way, at some point, and, and it could be minimal, it could be, it could be a lot, um, but it's there. And the thing is, we're waiting to arrive at a place in our life before we feel like we can be effective in our life. Oh, but when, when this happens, then I can do it. When I get that job, then I can do it. When, when, when I have that door open, then I can do it. But, but what are you doing in the meantime before any of that's happening? Do something. I, I, 
I'm preaching this to me. I am telling you, I'm preaching this to me because you pray for patience, you get tested. Okay, you do. You ask God for more. Well, what are you doing with what you got? Right? Because, because God wants to take you to these places. And so you have to learn to, to renew that mind and say, you know what? I'm going to work with what I have, what I can do. And then God will show up and do what I can't do. Because our whole world's afflicted. We're in it, but we're not of it. That's what the Bible says. As he says, we're aliens and foreigners of this, this world that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Like this is not the end game. So don't live like it is. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9 says, this is Paul pleading with God. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Talking about a thorn in his flesh, which is debated, but it's an affliction. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. In other words, his power is perfected in your afflictions. God can still show up and show out. Now, I'm not trying to take away from, you know, people that are down and out, people that literally can't do stuff. I, that. God works that out. I don't need to know all the answers. I just, I know God is God. But I also know that you could be bedridden, laying in bed, right? Just totally, you could be just despairing of life. But somebody could come over and you could be smiling in the midst of your affliction. And that could encourage them to have hope where they would think you'd come over or they'd come over and you'd be all hopeless and crying and falling out. And it's not to say you won't have those days. I'm just saying that you can find a way to be effective when you're afflicted. That's what I'm saying. How that works out is between you and God. I'm not going to give you the grid and the parameter. I'm just giving you a basic idea. But if you seek first the kingdom of God, all that righteousness, all that stuff will be added unto you, including wisdom from on high that will explain and show you some things you didn't previously know. And so I firmly believe if people like Nick can go and be effective, we can too. We can too. Let's not, uh, let's not take for granted the, what, what our body is right now. If you can move and you can talk and you can hear and all that stuff, praise God. You know, your elbow hurts. I get it. It's not fun, but it's your elbow. You could just not have one like this guy. So, I mean, that's pretty intense, right? Um, I know it's wild. <laughs> oh, man. So... You know, sometimes when we just feel like our, you know, we can't get our head above water when we feel like there's just everything that's against us and we feel like no matter what we do, nothing, nothing's ever enough. We see God do crazy things. We do. We can see him do crazy things, but you got to be looking for God in this time because it's easy to see everything he's not doing or so you think he's not doing. And, and so, you know, the Bible talks about opening the eyes of your understanding and that's to see things you can't just naturally see. That's, that's to gain an understanding you don't just naturally gain because spiritual things can't be understood by the natural mind. That's what the Bible says. And so it's going a little deeper, right? Some people, this is a basic understanding. They're like, yeah, I get that. That's foundational. That's fundamental teaching. Other people, this is like, what? Eyes of your understanding? Like, is this a cult? No, this is not. This is the Bible that, that he talks about it. And, and so... I want to give you a scripture reference so you know I'm preaching out of the Bible. Um, 
that's in front of me and not open, but we're good. Uh, Second Kings, right? If, right, that's cool. I got it right here in Jesus' name. Second uh, Kings uh, chapter 6, verses 8 through 19. I may not read it all, but, but I'm going to read some of it here for you because God is protecting Elisha from the Syrians. See, Elisha did not support the corrupt monarchs of Israel, but he knew that it was even worse for Israel to be conquered and subjugated under Syria. Therefore, he gave the king of Israel information from divinely inspired espionage. God gave him information to set them up. That's crazy. I love that. <laughs> That's nuts. So starting in verse 8, it says, uh, Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more and then once or twice. I read that wrong, sorry. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Hmm. And he said, go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. It was told to him, behold, he is in Dothan. Dothan. Thank you, brother. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Here we go. So when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning... So the, guy, the servant with Elisha rose early in the morning and went out. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Catch this. He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Yes, that's amen. That dude wasn't blind. He opened the eyes of his understanding so he could see spiritually what was going on and, and how it was triumphing over what they were seeing naturally. That's a whole message right there. That is it right there. You got to see beyond what you see. Ask God to open the eyes of your understanding. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, I pray that you would open the eyes of each and every person's understanding here in this place and online, God, that you would show them what they cannot yet see in Jesus' name, God. Give them the wisdom and the revelation that they need so that they are not concerned about the horses and chariots of life surrounding them, knowing that your angel army is greater than those that are surrounding them in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't surrender to what surrounds you. That's my other point. Don't surrender to what surrounds you. When we give in, we give up. When we give in to social pressure, to be okay with everything the world's okay with all the time or else you're intolerant. No, you're not. You're children of God. That's just it. In the end times, they're not going to tolerate sound doctrine. But I made a decision that I am preaching the word of God the way it says it. And the way it says it is you don't conform to the ways of the world and the patterns of the world. You be transformed, metamorphosis, caterpillar to butterfly, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't give in. Don't submit. 
The Bible talks about Noah and how he was tormented in his soul because of all the things going on around him. He was just day and night and just all kinds of stuff. And, and he stayed the course. He kept building that ark for like a hundred years and, and, and in like a desert. <laughs> what? But the eyes of his understanding were open too. And he stayed the course and it was counted as righteousness. And he was saved while everyone else drowned. Everyone and everything. You may feel pressure a paralyzing pressure that seems to just take you out. You just want to lock yourself in a room. You don't want to be nowhere, do nothing, say nothing. You just, you can't take it. And, and I feel for you, first of all, okay? Like, it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. Pressure, this life, it's rough. It's rough. But if we only focus on that, it's rough. And we don't focus on the victory, then the rough is going to become the bigger focus in our life and not the victory. And so we're going to go to church talking about being whole, staying broken, and never getting whole because we don't seek out the victory. That is Jesus. Or, or whatever. You got you to get rid of some stuff to put Jesus right in the center. That's where he goes. Right there. Everything else networks out. So don't give up. Don't give in. Keep pushing forward. In Galatians 6 and 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. More than ever, now is a time to stay the course, guys. I say that a lot, and I'm going to keep saying that a lot because it's going to keep being more and more the time, more than ever. And, and so don't give up. You've already made it this far. First of all, we're in church, okay? We're here. You've made it this far. Some of us have been doing this a long time. And, and some of us have not, and we should be taking note from those who have been doing it a long time, as long as they're actively doing it. You got to be walking it out. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what you're doing or not doing. I just know from experience, there's people been saved 50 years that don't really know anything about what they believe. And I don't get that. I, don't be offended. It's just, it's what it is. I've encountered that. And I'm excited to ask questions and they don't have answers. I'm like, how? You've been saved since 72. How do you not know? But, but, now they can. You can go forward and you can get an understanding. I say that because I just don't want people to die in that. That's it. I hope you hear my heart. I'm serious. Like, after I got this from Jesus, I want that for everybody. And I will not water it down because some people don't agree with that doctrine and this and that. God is here. Jesus is today. He is doing things. And, and he wants to do more. And he wants his people You know, sometimes I feel like as a pastor, and don't take this arrogantly because I don't mean it that way. I just, I feel like sometimes I have to convince people to seek out God. Like I have to convince people to just go all in. But it's like, man, I was raised from the dead. Like I was on death row and he raised me up and he said, you're more than that. And, 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 and one day he had me look up my name and it means a people's victory. To go forth and be a forerunner for God. He has a plan for you. I know you might be in a place where you don't want to hear that. Or you've been here your whole life and haven't seen nothing. But I promise he does. And we're a church that wants to help you figure that out. In Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about the disciples. Uh, he's talking to the disciples about witnessing to nations and what they could expect to face. And among other things, he tells them there's going to be a lot of persecution. And right in the midst of his talk, starting at verse 12 and 13, he says, Because of the multiplication of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. He's talking about the church. 
because unbelievers can't persevere to the end. He's talking about the church. And he's warning them ahead of time. And this is when they're already in the midst. They've seen people getting hung and people getting killed and beheaded. They've seen this stuff. And he's telling them, just so you know, you're going out like sheep among wolves. No pressure. Have fun. But he equipped them. And that's what I want you to get. He equipped them with the Holy Spirit of God, who's just, (laughs) dude, his power is insane. Oh, I just want to, I want to quote just a piece of a song because nothing about me sings. So it's entitled, (laughs) right, right, right. Not, not a chance. It's entitled Surrounded, also known as Fight My Battles, right? In in like a parenthesis. (laughs) The lyric is, what? You do not have a faith. This, sir. See, this, it says, this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hey. That's what it says. That's what it says right here. In thing. It says, hey. I'm like, all right. Oh, that reminds me of those crazy church. I'm like, hey. And they get all wild. I love it, man. So don't, just, don't surrender to negativity on social media. And don't surrender to a, to a fear-based agenda. Don't let that word be a trigger word. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking the God of this age, the devil, lowercase g, because he has no business having an uppercase. He done messed up and he wants everyone else to go to hell with him. But that's tough. That was his mistake. But we have a chance to not be doing that. (laughs) Uh, Y'all should warn somebody when you let me come up and say something. (laughs) I am silly. We need a disclaimer. But uh For real, though, don't surrender to the pressures um, to look like everyone else and do everything everyone else does. Because Romans 12, 1, he says, do not be conformed to the ways of the world. I already referenced it, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The pressures of the world say, well, we're all doing it, so you should do it, too. Everyone's doing it. We should all do it. You know how many kids have died because everyone else was doing it? That's stupid. That is. There's no insensitivity. That's stupid. And, and, but we need people that will tell kids. And, and my dad, I love you. He, he used to be more of a friend to me at times, and it would frustrate my mom. And now I find myself in that same predicament of wanting to be a friend. And we have a generation coming up who wants to be a friend to their kids instead of a parent. That's a whole side deal. But I'm just saying that's part of not being conformed to the ways of the world. You raise your kid however, but you'll be held accountable just like me for how we do it. That's all I'm saying. So... Yeah. (laughs) What's surrounding you right now? That's my question. In your life right now, is cancer surrounding you? Is your finances surrounding you? Is it COVID? That's a big one. Glory of God. God. I like that, brother. I like that. Absolutely. See? Not even focusing on the problem, focusing on the victory. Sometimes our past, everything we've done and said, it haunts us. And we allow it to surround us. But remember, with Elisha, he didn't even flinch. He said, sit down somewhere. Lord, open his eyes. Didn't even look up from his writing. He was just doing his thing. It was that. That's how much, What kind of faith does it take to not even bat an eye about it? And be like, mm, don't worry about that. That's the kind of faith I want. I don't even know where my faith is like that. I, I'm just being honest. Maybe I'm not supposed to, but I'm being, I'm supposed to be honest, but maybe I shouldn't be saying that. But seriously, I want that kind of crazy faith 
when the Calvary shows up, I'm just sitting here laughing in Jesus' name. I'm like, I'm dead already, brother. I died in Christ. So do what you're going to do. We got to quit turning to everything and everyone but God. I'm not saying you're all doing it. I just, I felt led to put this out there. Maybe it's somebody on Facebook. For real. Like, maybe it is people in this room. You know, I've heard it said the best way to fight or defeat your enemy is to know your enemy. Now, I don't know. That doesn't sound all churchy, but you know what? It does make sense. Um, If the best way to know the enemy or to fight the enemy and defeat him is to know him to a degree, uh, wouldn't it make sense the best way to worship God and trust God is to get to know God? Through prayer, through studying his word, right? One more one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wrapping this up, but I got I to gotta get to this because it's, it's, uh, it's important, really. Um, you know, we can all agree, I would think, that, you know, the devil divides and God multiplies. Amen? Yeah? Okay. Um, so when Jesus, in the Gospels, uh, he's getting questioned by the religious leaders. Those guys. He was getting questioned by them about when he was casting out demons, whether or not it was, you know, is that God or is it by the power of Beelzebub, the devil, right? And he reminds them that a house divided can't stand. In other words, you know, if we're on the same team with the same end goal in mind, and then we turn on each other, that's going to crumble. Whatever we were doing is going to crumble, right? And, and so he says, how could I cast out a demon with the power of the devil, I'm like, that's a, good, that's a good question. Shouldn't even have to ask that, but you know. So then we go to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 3. But Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered, those who were divided, went about preaching the word. Philip went down to a city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ, and the crowds with one accord, all together, paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. That's the power of God. Signs will follow those that believe. For unclean spirits, demons, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed so that there was much joy in the city. So what we do is we, we initially read and believe there's, there's division going on. That's what he said. They were scattered. But as we continue to, re, to, to read, we see it's, it's actually multiplication. So much of how it worked in the book of Acts when they were being divided and separated because of persecution, that's how the church at large should probably operate today. We should take a page from the first century church in the book of Acts because maybe what's dividing us as a country, oh, he said it. Maybe what's dividing us as a country and a nation and a world and as a people can actually be used to multiply the kingdom of God. Maybe we don't have one church with 100 people. Maybe we got five houses with 20 people in each one multiplying the kingdom of God. So where they shut it down, we started up. That's what they did here. They scattered. They didn't give up and shut down and go, oh, I can't do it. Sorry. No, no, no. We're going to scatter and we're going to keep preaching the word of God and we're going to stay being about his business. A little bit of persecution is not going to stop me. So let's not focus so much on what we're not allowed to do and, and, and what we can't do because we're missing the focal point of what we are allowed to do. So I'm going to get down to this last point. I'm going to skip a little bit and that's all right. This one's going to be fun. You've seen the commercials. You've seen the posts. Be safe. Get vaccinated. Stay with me. Follow the thought. Don't even move the slide yet. Follow the thought. What if the church, the body of Christ at large, just needed to get vaccinated? 
follow me. Put your stones down. Here's a vaccine. What is a vaccine? A product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease. So, if the world's poisonous, Jesus is the antidote, yeah? Maybe we need to get some Holy Spirit doses right up in our souls, right into our bodies. Maybe we need to get a dose of Jesus, yeah? Okay, okay, let's get down to it. Let's, let's break this down a little bit. It says a product. Let's say the product is Jesus that stimulates a person's immune system. Let's say the immune system is our soul to produce immunity. Producing immunity is like building up our faith and bringing us to maturity so that we can have the full armor of God that is spoken of in Ephesians 6 that will with, help us withstand the fiery darts, which can be life and, of course, the enemy, as the Bible refers to it. Right. And so it's to protect us from a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease, disease being the world and or the system of it. So the church needs to get vaccinated. Yeah, you heard me. I said it. The church needs to get vaccinated. But but what I'm not talking about is some natural political agenda or not or whatever. What I am talking about, however, is we have spiritual access to solve a natural problem. We we can walk in bold boldness and and we can be about that business. And so we can be effective. Wait, you can move it to the next one now that I'm not going to get beat up. There it is. And I broke it down there too. <laughs> and so, um, but, but seriously, we can be effective in an afflicted world. So I just want to encourage you guys today. That was heavy, but you know what? It was good. Jesus needed, like, I don't know why he does that to me, man. I want a fluffy message, but... I want to do what God wants me to do first and foremost, so here we are. So what I want to do, should we play a piano and just play them out? Let's do that. Let's do that, because I want to pray. I feel like we should pray. Should we pray? pray? We're in church. Let's pray, right? Let's just get silly in Jesus' name. Just continue last week, this week. Amen, amen. So if you guys will stand up with me, um, I know we do this a lot because that's just what we do. But I just want you to be thinking about what surrounds you in your life right now? What are those afflictions and those things that just got you feeling like you can't win? Think about the winning and what does that mean? What does that look like? I want to encourage you guys today. Seriously, just stay the course. You've already made it this far. Don't give up now. Lord, I just thank you for each and every person here today, God. I thank you, Lord, with with hearts open to receive you in this place today, to receive wisdom from on high, to receive a revelation from on high. I pray, Lord, that you would bring to the surface those things that have been surrounding them and and having them uh, held down maybe in some fear. Or, or just held back in bondage and chains and, and, and not knowing how to move forward or whatever the case, Lord, I pray right now, God, that as you reveal that to them, Lord, that they would put it at your feet, that they would say, I am done living like this, and, and that they would pick up their cross 
and that they would walk in this place, Lord. And the ones that are, that are actively doing this, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord, that you would just empower them, that you would give them more boldness to be about your business outside of these walls, that you would give them wisdom to speak the words they need, Lord, that you would give them the boldness not to have fear, Lord to say what they need to say, how you want them to say it, God. I pray right now for the afflicted bodies. I'm talking about physical bodies. I'm talking about cancer in this place. I rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. And I just plead the blood of Christ over the circumstances right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. Mm. I thank you that MS would be healed in the name of Jesus. Arthritis go in the name of Jesus. I just pray for a renewed mind over your people in the name of Jesus. I thank you that the, the, the chains of addiction would fall off in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that, that everything in their heart would be replaced by your Holy Spirit today in this place, God, that you would fill them fresh right now in Jesus' name, Lord. I thank you that even in the midst of affliction, we can still be effective, God. I thank you that we will walk forth bold as lions in the mighty name of Jesus, God. I thank you that they will turn from their ways, Lord. They will change their mind. They will repent today if need be and turn towards you and what you say in this place in Jesus' name, God. I thank you that you will become real to them in this place in Jesus name God I thank you Lord if they've been on the fence about anything Lord that you you become their tipping point and that you give them clarity as they move forward God I pray that you would protect them and that you would lead them and guide them that you would keep them safe Lord I thank you that you own their souls in Jesus name God and as we go forth today Lord let us just remember that we get a chance to be the light in a dark place, God. And I just thank you in advance that you would empower us to do so in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, 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 amen. You know what? If you need some prayer, we'll pray for you. You can keep it between you and God or you can let us know. And we'll pray for you. We want to pray for you. Um, if not, I just want you all to have a blessed day. Uh, if you have not got a chance to meet Pastor Ben, he is out there in the foyer. Go say what's up to him. He is a great guy. Other than that, be blessed. We love y'all. Have a good one. Hey, thanks again for joining us. If you have been blessed by Rise Church, be sure to follow us and share it on your social media. You can subscribe to a podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to give yet, you can do so at risechurchid.org or send a text message with a cash amount to the number 84321. And remember that the mission field is all around you, so go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.